Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting. This week on the podcast, I'm talking about relational gestures, also known as reconciliation gestures. And this is actually a topic that one of the parents in my membership group suggested I cover because she started doing these recently and realised just how powerful they are. They're very small gestures, they're very simple, but they're incredibly powerful. Now at the start, I call them relational gestures. They're also known as reconciliation gestures. And that's actually the term I use in my book, Connective Parenting. And I think the two words work well together. You might use them at slightly different times and that may be where the two different terms have come from. So should we look at what these actually are and what they mean? These gestures help you to build or rebuild the relationship you have with your child. And they help your child to know you love them irrespective of any tricky behaviours that are going on or anything else that's happening at home, that you love them anyway. And they are one of the key pillars of NVR and connective parenting. And they have huge benefits to connecting you with your child to connecting you with the positive image you have of your child and to showing your child that they're loved and they deserve to be loved. And lots of children don't feel like that. So let's go through these in a bit more detail and give you some ideas of how you can implement these amazing gestures. We know with this approach, it's not about forcing the child to change but it is about how we see the child and how the child sees themselves and these gestures are brilliant for showing us in a caring position in the eyes of the child and helping the child have a positive image of you as their parent and to show them that even when you're not with them you're thinking of them. For the parent these gestures are an incredibly positive way of potentially reconnecting with the positive mental image you have of your child. And I think we all know those days when things are really tricky, maybe your child has been struggling, and you may feel quite disconnected from positive feelings of love and support that you have for your child. We've all been there, I know I've had those days, we might not want to admit it, but we've all had those days. And these gestures really do help you to reconnect with your child in that positive way. And when we can do them and reconnect ourselves with our positive feelings of our child, that's critically important. And it's a really, um, it's a good feel good factor for us as the parent. And it's a good feel good factor for the child. It helps them know that they are loved, whatever is going on. One of the things I often say to parents is if you feel very disconnected from your child, if you are really struggling and struggling to feel positive um, emotions or connections for your child, these gestures are really powerful way of reconnecting. And actually, when you least want to do them is often when you most need to do them, which can sound really counterintuitive. But because they reconnect you with the positives, they're very, very powerful. We use the two different terms for these, relational gestures and reconciliation gestures. For me, I tend to use the term reconciliation gestures when I am thinking about doing the gesture as part of a deferred conversation. So after there's been an escalation, 
to reconnect with them and show the child that you love them irrespective of what has just happened. And that's incredibly powerful. If you're not sure what I'm saying when I uh, talk about the idea of deferred conversations, you can listen to one of the other podcasts or there's lots of training on that in my membership group as well. I also talk about it a lot in the second edition of my book, Connected Parenting, which you can find out about. Um, It's on Amazon, so you can have a read in there and find all of the details. One of the things where we tend to call them relational gestures is where we're just doing them as part of our normal day and our normal way of life. These gestures don't need to be done every day, but a couple of times a week is fantastic if you can do it. It's not about big things. So it's not about buying your child big things or giving them big gifts. It doesn't need to be about that at all. And actually for many children, if we go in with big things, sometimes they find it harder to accept. It may not be enough. They may want more and more and more. And what we want to do is do those small gestures that really do fill up their emotional void that they may have and to help them feel loved and connected with themselves and know that they deserve to be loved. So you probably want to start off with very small gestures and these could be their favourite dessert um, or their favourite meal or sitting on the sofa and watching their favourite TV programme or spending a bit more time at the park with them. Or, you know, watching them game. If they're a computer gamer, sitting and watching them game. And if you followed me a while, you'll know my son's a big gamer. I am not. Uh, So for me, just sitting and engaging with my son, he knows that that's not top of my priority list, but it means a lot to him. And obviously, on the whole, I'm happy to do it. So these are really small gestures that are easier for the child to accept. Sometimes we find these gestures are refused by the child and we need to remember as parents to try not to take that personally. They're not rejecting it because it's come from us, although it absolutely can feel like that. They'll be rejecting it because it's very hard for them to accept and believe that they deserve it. In the same way that if someone pays you a compliment, you might brush it off. It's not because you don't like that person it's because you don't feel comfortable accepting that compliment so we really need to be thinking about that and thinking about how we can make that work to help the gestures be more easily accepted we want to have them as tailored to the child's needs as we possibly can so something that shows them they are cared for can also work a note Um, in their lunchbox, a text message, a personalised gesture as opposed to a general gesture. So if you know that, I don't know, maybe you're out doing your food shop and you think you'll buy them a little treat. If you, you could just buy a bar of chocolate and not really care about which one you bought or you could think, I know my child really likes X type of chocolate and you could buy that specific chocolate for them. Now, many of us would do that anyway, But that's just putting that extra thought into whatever the gesture is, helps them know it's for them and helps them to accept it. They're also really good for building self-esteem and self-belief. And I think that's, you know, really important. You could also use a gesture that, you know, is for a particular area that they're really enjoying or they need to develop in. Um, You know, for example, if they love swimming, take them swimming a bit more or take them swimming and give them extra time or something like that. 
it's a really powerful way of supporting them. One of the things we need to be very clear about with these gestures is that they are not rewards. The child does not have to work towards these. So it is not a case of if you well behaved, you'll get this reward. That's not how it works. We would be giving them in a spontaneous way, at least in the eyes of the child. We don't say you need to be really well behaved today and then you can have your favourite dessert for tea tonight. They are just given their favourite dessert irrespective of their behaviour. What I would say is don't do one immediately after an escalation. Give it a little bit of time and make it part of the deferred conversation. Because if you do it immediately after the escalation, they may go, oh, when I escalate, I get something really nice afterwards. And obviously that's not a connection we want to help them make. We want to give them that feeling that we get when we get an unexpected phone call from a friend or gift or something like that. And it makes us feel good. And it fills up our emotional tank. That is what we are aiming for with these. So when you're thinking about what you can do, that's what we're working towards. It's not unusual for these gestures to be refused, to be kind of pushed away. And that's absolutely fine. As I said, with the compliment idea, it's not about you. So try not to take it personally. It's about where they are. And it tells us a lot about them that they can't accept the gesture or I don't feel able to. And that could be at a subconscious level or a conscious level. So we might need to uh, dial it back a little bit and make it even easier for them to accept it. That way, they're less likely to push it away and to not want it to happen. If we treat them more like rewards, then they will often sabotage them. So if, for example, you have decided that um, they're going to have their favourite dinner for tea that night and you make a big thing of it when they come home from school, you're likely to cause yourself some quite big problems because they could well feel that they don't deserve it and they will try and prove to you during that period between getting home from school and dinner that they don't deserve their favourite dinner. So don't make a thing of it. Don't tell them. Just put it on the table in front of them. That will be a lot easier for them to accept and it's much less likely that they will refuse the gesture. They might do, but it's much less likely. So that is a really important part of these to make it as easy as possible for them to accept. Try and make sure where you've got uh, more than one child in the house that you're doing gestures for all of the children as kind of evenly and as consistently as you can do. And again, making sure each gesture is personalised to the needs of each child. There's no point in doing something for one if the other's absolutely going to hate it um, and hoping it will work for all of them because that's just potentially going to cause more problems. So you, you need to think about them and the planning and the prep goes in as the parents, but in the eyes of the child, it is spontaneous. And that's where the power in these is. So that's relational gestures or reconciliation gestures. So just as a little reminder, they're regardless of the child's behaviour, but not given straight after an escalation. Obviously, you need to think a little bit about the timing of them. When you're feeling like it's the last thing you want to do, it's probably the most important thing you need to do particularly when you're feeling maybe negative towards your child. And we're doing them whether or not they are accepted or appreciated. 
we don't want to stop because they're not enjoying it or they're not appreciating it. We keep going anyway and we maybe change what we're doing. So that is reconciliation and relational gestures. It's a very simple and easy aspect of this approach to do, but it's one that I, am, I know from talking to parents is often overlooked, possibly because it is so simple. Um, but it's very, very powerful. So I highly recommend doing it. If you'd like further help or support, then please don't hesitate to come and find me in my membership group, the Connective Parenting Hub, where you can get lots of training and support from me throughout this to help you. You'll find all the details on my website, which is www.sarahpfisher.com. And I cannot wait to see you in the next episode of Sarah Fisher Talks Connective Parenting.